Hello, and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinale, and this is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or re-watching once a week. If this is the first episode of mine that you stumble upon and you want to check out my other episodes, I cover a wide range of television, though I have recently pivoted to reality TV specifically because of the SAG after WGA strike. Actors and writers are not allowed to promote their work, And so SAG has asked influencers, movie recap, podcast type people to refrain from talking about struck work. And I watch a lot of reality TV anyway, and it's Big Brother season, so I have like 24 hours, 24-7 worth of content to like talk about. I mean, granted, it's not all like recap worthy, but I have plenty to talk about. And this episode is going to be just a Big Brother episode. I don't have any other shows I'm going to talk about. I hope that's okay. If if you don't really like Big Brother, I'm sorry. Maybe watch the next episode or go back and watch the range of television that I've talked about in the past. I don't really know. There's I have a good amount of episodes that are pretty evergreen in like their listening material their like listening potential because they're like deep dive recaps into shows so you can listen to those anytime you know Mike's Mike came out with a Pretty Little Liars unhinged recap like years after the show had ended so I I have a few of those that I put a lot of time and effort into and I'm really proud of if you want to check those out and Big Brother isn't really your thing but you gave the intro a listen for some reason. What else do I have to say? I'm trying to figure out, oh, little housekeeping, logistics stuff. This episode is coming out later than normal, probably. I don't really know because I haven't finished recording it, let alone editing it, but I am recording it at 1 a.m. on Friday, and I normally don't record this late, but Olivia Rodrigo's sophomore album, Guts, came out, And I live on the West Coast, so it came out at 9 p.m. for me, and I listened to it for, like, two and a half hours straight. Like, it was all I did. So I started watching the Big Brother episode later than I I had planned to. And then then I I wrote an outline because I've been taking notes, like, daily or, or every other day on what I, like, important things from the feeds. But I wanted to break it down, like, day by day if that makes sense so I could follow the trajectory of like the week and the events that unfolded because I I feel like that makes sense structurally to break down the week um and since it's the since this is the only show I'm talking about I kind of wanted to do that and have like a good amount fleshed out so I went back in my notes and I condensed daily or at least what I think is like what happened on it each day I combined Saturday and Sunday because I didn't take notes on Saturday I just took notes on Sunday and I'm not exactly sure what happened when because it's hard to to follow because the episodes it's like you get new information on the live episodes based off of like diary room segments so you get insight into things that happened like days before so I like I tried to cut in what I thought was like based off the feeds 
what day things happened, but it's it's hard. I don't really follow what they're wearing, so I don't know exactly when the show segment took place, if that makes sense. So some of it is might not be the exact day, but I will generally follow the trajectory of the week, if that makes sense. Anyways, that was a long intro. Sorry if this is out a few hours later than normal. It should still be out Friday. And at this point, with how inconsistent I've been, if I release on a Friday, I'm proud of myself. That's all that matters. So thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to me. I really care about this podcast. This is just a hobby. So if I if I mess up or I sound stupid, please don't hate me. I have a full-time job, okay? And I tried so hard to, even with my full-time job, like take in as much information as I could from the feeds, take notes, kind of follow the train of the event. I'm also going to be giving my thoughts, obviously. I'm not going to do just like this happened and this happened. I'm going to give my thoughts because that's what this podcast is about. You know, I'm not really typically a structured recap podcast. I just kind of go point by point and then share my thoughts, but I did want it to be kind of organized because I feel like my last few Big Brother episodes have been kind of just me not following the the narrative of the week. And it's really hard too with this season because they change their mind a lot. So it's like, it's it's hard to follow sometimes. So if my days are like incorrect and stuff like that, I'm sorry. But I think also like Vito and like the competition and the ceremony and all of that like are set dates so... In the general, like eight, like range of like this happened before Vito, this happened after. I think I have everything down, but please correct me if I'm wrong. Anyway, sorry for the long intro. I'm gonna jump straight into Big Brother 25, week five. So on Thursday, last I spoke to you, I literally found out while I was recording last week's episode that Jared won HOH, and I was devastated, like truly devastated. I was like, America's in danger. I'm gonna have to see him on feeds all the time. Nightmare, nightmare for me personally. I will say, I don't feel like there was an overwhelming amount of Jared on the feeds, at least obviously for the important game conversations we saw him, but we didn't see Jared and Blue in the HOH room that often. And for that, I am grateful. At least I got lucky and anytime I was watching feeds, I didn't really see much, which is like what I really didn't want to see because anyways... (laughs) So Jared won the HOH. We saw the competition on Sunday's episode and Jared did win. I said last week that I wanted him to not have won any competitions because I think he's a loser. But you know what? After watching the competition, Izzy answered too quickly and answered wrong. So once again, he's still a flop. Like, yes, he won, but more so than he won, won, Izzy lost. You know what I mean? Like, Jared is still not the best competitor, in my opinion. Like, I genuinely think that Jared is really lucky that his mom is in the game. I mean, that's obvious, but he's so lucky that his mom is in the game because I don't know if he would have aligned with the right people at the beginning. I don't know that. And I don't think if he, like, I feel like if Sari wasn't in the house and Jared had aligned with a different group of people. I mean, if Sari wasn't in the house, the entire dynamics would change. So it would be a whole different story. But I just really feel like if he didn't have that side of the house protecting him, he could have been gone earlier. He's kind of an asshole, but 
I really don't like him. We also saw in Sunday's episode that after the eviction, Jack and Blue kind of, and I might've talked about this in my last episode. I really don't remember the timeline of like when I finished, like when I stopped talking about Thursday's events. Um, because I did watch feeds after and I, I don't know what happened like when in the timeline. But Jack and Blue like had this really good game conversation where it seemed like maybe they would be good at the game and like on top of their shit. And then nothing ever came of it. Nothing ever came of it. I really like, I say this every time, but I really need Blue to like spill. Like I need blue to spill she won't but i i need her to that would be really great Sari's like super proud of jared for winning the hoh like she said in her diary room segments from sunday's episode that she like loves seeing him become the player like such a great player where like granted you are not seeing everything we're seeing but like he literally couldn't spell the word golden and i'm not dunking on somebody for not being able to spell the reason he didn't get it right was because he completely ignored like the the riddle and he was just looking at the letters trying to unscramble them if you read the thing it's very clearly like who it was like something like whoever wins the power of veto will be golden is the obvious answer like anyways Anyways, so on Friday, nominations happened and Reddit Cam are nominated. Neither really, neither really seemed too worried. Cam was kind of like down for whatever Jared was going to do. He's like very, he really thinks he's a pawn when he's the target, which is so stupid. He also tries to get Jared to like backdoor Izzy. Like he keeps being like, we'll make a big move. Like we can backdoor Izzy which is so stupid. I mean, he doesn't know how close they are, I guess, but it was very stupid of him to like suggest the backdoor Izzy. Red at some point, I don't know if this happened on Friday or Saturday, but at some point between being nominated and the veto playing, he was like talking about how if he won the veto, he couldn't use it on himself, on himself because he made a promise. Like he had prom like, and he sticks to his word which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, it's also like, well, <laughs> did he literally promise if we're both on the block together and I win veto, I'm still gonna use it on you? Because if you did, that's the dumbest thing you would ever agree to. Like, I genuinely think that Red just said, like promised him, promised Cam that if he ever won a veto and Cam was on the blog, he would take him off. But it's like, if somebody had promised me that, but then we were nominated together, I wouldn't be upset or think they betrayed me or weren't keeping their word by not removing me from the block. Like at that point, you earned that safety. Take it. Like, what the hell? I just, I couldn't, I don't know. There was like a while there where Brad was kind of self-pitying and was like, well, I don't really want to be here anyway. And I was like, well, bye. But anyways, it was the dumbest thing ever. And then over the weekend, um, on Saturday, the veto players were picked. Jared, this didn't happen on feeds, but he did apologize for it after, called America the R word. Basically, from what it seems from the after conversations in the context of if America throws this competition because he thinks she's been throwing competitions, she is the R word. And it's been almost a week 
like six days when this podcast goes live. It will be six days, almost a week from when this happened and nothing has happened. No repercussions have happened. And I, to say that I'm like really upset would be an understatement. After like, I honestly, I knew immediately that they weren't going to expel him. I personally think that it warrants an expulsion, but I just, I was like, I don't think they're going to expel him. I, one, he is Suri's son, so he has that Nepo baby privilege. Um, not, it's not funny, sorry. I just think it's funny when people call him a Nepo baby. Um, the situation itself is not funny, but I, I didn't think he was gonna get expelled, I really didn't, but I was hoping there would at least be some kind of conversation, some kind of like, we condemn this, addressing it and somehow some kind of consequence instead of Big Brother seemingly like throwing it, like hiding it. And that is what they're doing. They haven't addressed it. The Special Olympics have even come out and said like that it's not okay. And I just think that there should be some kind of consequence. It's 2023. I feel like it's been pretty known for a while now that that word is derogatory and you shouldn't use it. And I just don't think it's okay for there to be no consequences, especially after setting a no tolerance policy and enforcing it once. I think that there should be some kind of consequence, some kind of being reprimanded because at that point then it's not a zero tolerance policy. It's so we'll tolerate it if it's either a certain kind of discrimination because I do think unfortunately it being a like ableist language I do think plays a role people don't care about ableism that much and I'm not trying to say that people should care more about ableism than I'm really not trying to to compare racism and ableism I'm really not hi sorry this is I'm adding this in during editing so sorry for any noise differences but I I do want to say I'm not trying to compare one form of discrimination and another, I think it's all connected and there's intersectional levels to everything. And we should care about all of it. If if somebody is racist, we should care. If somebody's ableist, we should care. And that's my point. Okay, bye, sorry. I am disappointed and really upset. Like I, I woke up and my sister sent me a message being like, Jared, used an ableist slur against America. And I was really upset because, I don't know, I felt really defeated because I knew nothing was gonna happen to him. But honestly, as more time has gone on and there's truly been nothing that's happened to him, like I knew he wasn't gonna get expelled, but I was like, maybe some kind of consequence, literally nothing has happened. And I just don't think that's fair. And I wonder if he was in Suri's son. I just think that there are some people in Big Brother who maybe are expendable to the show and they're fine getting rid of them. But then if it's like Jared, you know, who's like a legacy admission, it's just it like, you know what I mean? So I just, I knew nothing was gonna happen, but I am really defeated that his HOH came and went and he's seen no repercussions. I think he should get a penalty nomination. At least he should be on the block this week. They should inform the other house guests and like have him, they need to address it on the show because by not addressing it on the show, 
they are complicit in enabling ableism to just not be taken seriously when it should be taken seriously when it's not like okay in this day and age it was never okay it's not okay to 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 call people that it's not and it's like cbs by burying it is literally complicit in like minimizing that behavior it's not okay and i think by not by not punishing them at all they're literally minimizing they're like dismissing the depth of pain that that word causes and how ignorant it is that people still use it as a way to call people just stupid or dumb or whatever they're saying with that word when there's a million other words that you can use that aren't derogatory like it's just not that you should be calling people stupid but it's the big brother house like if somebody gets called stupid that's one thing but this is like a literal slur and i just don't think that that should be okay and excused and i talked about this longer than i wanted to but i felt like it was necessary and i really hope that if jared isn't if there's no consequence at all the the thing is i don't know if this would happen but the whole kyle thing from last season where he like mentioned an all-white alliance that kind of like didn't get brought up to the surface until weeks later and Corey was there when jared called america the r word so maybe there is some world i don't know if he'd do this because I don't think he wants people... I don't think Corey wants people turning on Jared now because he needs Jared or something. Like I don't know. He's still aligned with Jared, which to me is stupid, but I think he sees the power dynamics and he knows that he needs to keep Jared in the game for his like own, longe- own longevity or something. But maybe there is some scenario down the line where he will use that. Now, do I think, again, I I didn't love when Michael brought up the Kyle thing weeks later. Like, it it didn't feel like the best. Like, you you need to address those things when they happen, not let it, like, like, uh, people in the house deserve to know that information. I would be really uncomfortable. I mean, if I was in the house, I don't think I'd want to be friends with Jared anyway. But I think I'd be really uncomfortable knowing that somebody I was aligned with in the game like used that kind of language or even like knew that somebody else used that language and like didn't tell me about it like I just wouldn't want to not know about that kind of thing because that really matters to me so I, I just I don't know I would want that to maybe come out at some point but if it doesn't because at this point I don't think it will I do hope that at least after the show's over, he has to face the music and address this and apologize. And maybe there will be some kind of conversation about how it's not okay. Because I really think Big Brother refusing to acknowledge it is just reinforcing the idea that ableism is not bad or that using that word is not bad when it is and it should be viewed that way by everybody. And and maybe he's genuinely stupid and ignorant and doesn't realize how offensive that word is. But if that's true, then they should have a conversation about it. I mean, I think in this day and age, if you're using that word, you're just like, I don't know. I, I, there's no excuse for it. But it's like if it genuinely wasn't a malicious thing, then why can't they learn from it? Like what, whichever way you slice it, addressing it is the way you need to go when these kind of things happen. Because if you sweep it under the rug, then... People think it's not that big a deal. There's no consequences to that kind of behavior. So 
that reinforces that it's not that big of a deal. And the general public who don't keep up, like addressing it is the way to go. Because if you address it, at least you can have a conversation, you can educate. There's always a place for a conversation of how we as human beings can be less hateful towards other human beings, especially people who are in marginalized communities. Like there's always a conversation to be had about how words like that hurt people in marginalized communities who the world is already harming enough without us demeaning them or demeaning other people by using words that have been used against them in the past and in the present still. So I I just, I think not addressing it is doing everybody a disservice. It really is because at the end of the day, we can all learn how to be kinder, more compassionate people. That's always a good conversation to have. Hey, this word is not good to use. It genuinely harms a community of people. Don't do that again. You know what I mean? Because when when Jared apologized to, to Corey, which is what we saw, we didn't see him say the R word, but he said, I'm sorry I called her the R word. I don't think she's that. It's like, that's not why you should apologize. It's fucked up to call anybody that because that's a fucked up word. Like, do you not, like, I just don't think he gets it. And I just, I think it's a good conversation to have. And I think CBS is really dropping the fucking ball by not having it. And I think they don't want to open they don't want to open that conversation because then people will be like, well, you're acknowledging that this is hate speech. So why isn't he being expelled? But people are already saying that anyway. So I just, I think they need to do something. Like if they, I don't know. I really don't know. I just, I I think they can't address it without then being hypocrites if they don't expel him, but they're hypocrites anyway. I I just, I think they're probably not addressing it. Anyways, that was way longer than I intended for it to be. We saw in Wednesday's episode that Corey told Jared that America is targeting Serene and Izzy because then later America and Jared talk and he's like, I heard you're targeting Suri, Izzy, Felicia, that side of the house. And she's like, that's crazy. I would never do that. And then they, they, they literally cut to Corey. Like, I, I think she said, like, who would say that? And then they cut to, like, Corey doing the, like, butt kicker thing in the, in the have-not room, which was kind of funny. I'll give the editors that. That was really funny. We see the Tiny Veto um, competition. It's America, Red, Jared, Cameron, and Felicia. Oh, Matt. Matt's in there, too, because Cameron got house guest choice, and he picked Matt, which was interesting. Anyways... The Tiny Veto competition, which I, I really love this competition. I'm kind of sad that Izzy didn't get to play because she talked about, like, she talked about it on feeds a while ago, maybe like a week ago. I don't know when she talked about it. She literally, like, bought, like, a mini set and has practiced, and she didn't get to play. So, sad for Izzy, but the world moves on. America was clearly not throwing it, but Jared couldn't see, so... Jared sucked at this competition, and like always, he had an excuse. In the DRs, he was talking about how he has big fingers, so it's yada, yada, yada. Maybe you just suck at competitions. What competition haven't you sucked at? You literally, like, it bothers me because he hasn't been good at a single competition. Like, he hasn't been. The times that he's, like, like, when he lost to Heisen, he literally, like, didn't read the clue. Then... He couldn't spell golden because he was too stupid, once again, to read the clue and participate, like, take all the information in front of you and use it, like, he, non-existent, he didn't do that. Then, okay, he wins HOH, and, like, 
It was literally one of those like knockout competitions and he literally only, he was the default winner because Izzy put the answer wrong. Like he's just not, he's just not good at, he's not, what competition has he been good at? What competition has he been good at? That one was just luck. And then this tiny video, he wasn't that good and he had an excuse for it. Like at some point you had to face the music and just admit that you're not that good of a competitor. But would he ever? No. <laughs> I really don't like Jared. I, do, I just genuinely, I went into this season wanting to root for Jared because I liked three on the traders and I was like, that would be interesting. And every, every, every week, every week, my disdain and dislike for Jared grows stronger and deeper. And he just keeps adding reasons to my, to my like vendetta against him. The R word thing is just the cherry on top because not only is he an ableist asshole, kind of misogynistic too. And then on top of it, he's an ableist asshole who is being bet like, who is getting special treatment because of his mother, like literally Nepo baby. I cannot stand him. I literally can't stand him. Anyways. Cam wins the veto. Literally nobody, nobody cheered. Nobody was happy. And they put a, like a, a, a cricket sound effect in the episode. That was really funny. I'll give them that. Again, the editors, funny people, funny, funny people. <laughs> America is like a potential renominate, like a, um, a potential option for the replacement nominee. And, and I didn't see this on the feeds. I don't know if they showed it, but I saw the aftermath of America like freaking out about being a potential like replacement nominee. And she mentioned this conversation where she walked into Felicia and Mimi and maybe somebody else counting like votes. And then she walked in and they stopped talking. But I didn't realize that literally like they're talking about votes and they stop talking. And then she's like, so what's up? And Felicia literally says to her face, you might be the replacement nominee. And America's like, what? So her like freak out was justified. Like it seemed like the way other people talked about it was like she just assumed. Like it was a hypothetical. Nobody was saying she was gonna, like she was, but Felicia literally said, you might be going up. I'm sorry, how is she not supposed to freak out? And she was like justified because she basically freaked out because she was like, we're supposed to be in this alliance and there's people outside of our alliance that you can nominate instead. Why are you gonna use somebody in your alliance as the replacement nominee, unless the alliance doesn't mean anything. So she starts freaking out, rightfully so. She like goes to Jared, she stands up for herself. I loved the DR segments for the episode. She like, she says, she's like, don't come at me about throwing cops. I, I stood like for four, almost 14 hours and you dropped as soon as the lights went up about Jared. Literally, literally like Jared, and we obviously as an audience know more than they do because they haven't seen every single veto <laughs> performance or like every single comp performance, but literally Jared commenting on somebody's like abilities is the dumbest thing ever. I also think that, I don't know. I saw a lot of people on Twitter being like, well, she did throw the pressure cooker. And I feel like there's an inherent difference between, at least in my opinion, there's a difference between like throwing the competition, like not trying your best because you specifically don't want to win. And then making a deal when you've been standing for like 14 hours and it might not be best for your game to like make a move. So you want to lay low and have somebody else get blood on their hands. Like to me, that's different. And maybe Jared doesn't like the idea of somebody not wanting to win 
and make the power moves themselves. But it's it's a smart thing to do strategically. I've waffled. I've gone back and forth about whether I think America throwing the pressure cooker was the right thing for her general game. I'm still undecided. She now is like, I shouldn't have thrown the pressure cooker. And I don't think she would throw any competitions now. But I understand where she was coming from of kind of like having an alliance, but not really being super aligned with anybody and not wanting to like get blood on her hands at that point in the game. And I don't know. I feel like Cameron had like clearer alliances and like more obvious people he would target. I think America was still kind of playing both sides and didn't want to have to pick one. And I just, I don't think that, I may, I understand why maybe as a house guest you would like be annoyed by that, but I, under, I understand that. Especially if you just don't have any strong alliances, like it's less about her playing both sides be, like maliciously. America just really didn't have anybody that week. And I think she has more people now and she's been doing a better job at like having active game conversations with people for the most part. But I think she just didn't have that many people. So it wouldn't have been that smart for her to go against anybody because that would immediately cut her off from a whole side of people. You know what I mean? Anyways, like she 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 really wouldn't have been able to make a good decision that would have put her in a good position going forward. I think she's in a better position now. Like last week, I really thought she shouldn't have thrown it. But now after this entire week has happened, I mean, God, everything could change next week and I'll get to that. But like, I don't think now that it was necessarily the wrong move to not show her cards so early. I think it helped her, but I don't really know. I, I really don't know. <laughs> um, at some point in the weekend, Red and Cam broke up. <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever. America like wins three over she like cries to jared she stands up for herself she's like i'm not gonna target sri and co um feats over the weekend were actually so fun um obviously it was upsetting on saturday when like america was being thrown through the mud but she did a really good job of like standing up for herself getting the target off her back Corey really went to bat for her as well and she kind of became no longer a target jared was still like i don't really like her but I think overwhelmingly the sentiment was like, we have bigger fish to fry than America. It's not that smart to get her out right now. Like we can work for her. She could be a number for us. So we like literally, and we didn't see DRs of like how she actually felt. So like based off of the feeds, she was like telling Corey, like tell her I want to work with her. Like I do want to work with her. And she had a conversation with America where she was like, I don't want you to feel like you're not in this alliance. Like I, like, I'm sorry. Like we just don't talk enough. Like it seemed like, a good conversation and as much as I was upset watching America being shot on I think she recovered really well and I think she got the target off back and kind of set her her and Corey up in a better position going forward now obviously everything depends on who's in power what competitions people win like there's a lot still up in the air but I think she made a lot of progress and she's in a better position this week than she was last week which is good it's good for me because I love we love America. At some point, the target moves to Jag. There's like a Seven Deadly Sins Alliance conversation. And Blue suggests... Because once Cam has won 
the power of veto. They're trying to figure out who would be the replacement. At some point, it's America. And then the Seven Deadly Sins have a meeting. And Blue suggests Jack be a pawn so he can show that he trusts them. And the people, like Sari, Felicia, Izzy, they were already starting to not really trust Jag and like be like, maybe Jag should be the replacement nominee. Like he had already come up in their minds as a good replacement nominee. And so when Blue suggests this pawn idea, they're like, that's great. Yeah, he'll be a pawn in his mind. And he agreed to it willingly, but the plan was actually to get him out. So he was going up on his uh, quote unquote pawn, but they were actually like, this is perfect. We'll get him out. Then on Monday, which was Labor Day, um, Cam used the power of veto. Jag was, repla- was the replacement nominee. Jack thinks that he's the pawn, but they want him out. Um, Felicia is starting to get people on people's nerves this week. I wrote, I wrote that down for the first time on Monday. I don't know if something specifically happened Monday. I think she's just progressively getting on people's nerves. And honestly, I feel like Felicia has really, I don't know if she's gotten too comfortable in the game. I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like she's, she, her game has gotten worse. She talks too much. Like she's not, she's not calculating what she says or who she says it to. Like I, and then she doesn't tell people, like there was literally a moment at some point where Sari, Izzy and Felicia were talking and Sari's like, America and Corey already know that the plan is to, to vote out whoever. I can't remember who it was at that point because it, it flipped so many times. And, and Sari's like, I want, like, that's, I'm like, who told you? And Felicia's like, oh, I did. Like, she just says things. I mean, the whole America, you might be going up directly to her face. It's just not very, like, I think she's just too comfortable. She doesn't think that she's going to be a target now or for a very long time. And so she's just not being very effective in how she communicates in the game. And I think it's going to really, I think it's really going to cost her going forward. Um, anyways, Corey and America have been cuddling nightly. The people won. The people showmance. We are winning. It was great content. I was thriving for it. Um, and at some point on Monday, America, or maybe over the weekend, America and Corey at some point talked and they would ideally want to keep Jag, but they don't want to rock the boat. So they'll, they'll follow the plan with whatever it is. I think at this point, they're just happy that they're not they're not on the block like that america's safe and everything um also on monday jag and matt were planning like a date for izzy and Suri, but then they turned the feeds off for two hours and they came back and it was obvious that they, obvious that they had a labor day party thing so the day was canceled <laughs> i think Suri and izzy were not really down to, to do it anyway but it would have been funny we also, now that the entire week has aired, they literally didn't show the Labor Day party. So like, why did they shut down the feeds for something that we don't even get to see? Kind of stupid. I feel like there's been a lot of like, things we didn't get to see that just aren't included on camera. Like there was that dinner that Mimi won after the pressure cooker. We never got to see any of that. We saw the aftermath like really briefly in the like condom gate segment where Corey and America were like cuddling, but that was it. So what's up with that big brother? Like if I'm paying for the feeds and you cut the feeds and then it's not included in the show, then what the fuck am I paying you for? You know, like it's stupid. If you cut the feeds, 
in my opinion, it should be included in the episode. I, and I'm not talking about like when they cut the feeds over to somebody else or they cut the feeds and it's we'll be right back. I'm saying if it's like the animals and the feeds are down for like hours and then that segment's not included in the episode, then like wh- what's the point of cutting the feeds? Kind of stupid. Um, anyways, on Tuesday, it was Red's birthday. They had kind of started shifting the target at that point. Because the main concern with Red and the reason they wanted Red and, and Cameron, one of them out, was because they were worried about that duo. They were like, they've won a lot of competitions. They're loyal to each other. And also a lot of people, I feel like, a lot of people just don't like Cameron that much and they wanted him out. And they were like, if Red stays in the house and Cameron's still here, obviously, because he won the veto, then that could be an ally towards Cameron. And they wanted to isolate Cameron, I think, to the most their ability but then after the the red breakup and red had said um to legend 25 maybe no because cameron's in legend 25 and he wasn't in not meeting he told like sari at some point like i'm done with cameron like i'm no longer aligned with him so they were like well jag would be a good target but then i don't know they were they were really worried about red and cameron like reconciling and we saw in i think it was thursday episode yeah on thursday's episode we saw that at some point red and this might have been on feeds and i missed it i don't watch the feeds 24 7 because i do have a full-time job and i tried to gather the most of like what i saw on twitter what i did watch in feeds like i'm trying but i, I might have missed what was on feeds and what wasn't but they showed a conversation where jared was talking to red and red was like wanting to know what exactly cameron said to see i don't know maybe if like he seemed like he was inquiring and Jared was like this is not good because maybe things could get like they could reconcile and then they're too powerful together so the target moved back to red they felt kind of bad because it was his birthday and they're like oh we're gonna target him there was they showed a clip in the episode where Felicia was like I'm gonna make this cake and we'll he'll blow the candles and then we'll blow him out of the house which was really funny it was funny I'll give her that like the thing is Felicia I feel like her game isn't the best, but she's such good television. Like, she's so funny that I will miss her if she leaves. But, you know, if she leaves, it's her own fault. <sighs> but on Tuesday, America was mad at Corey because there was, like, a conversation in the HOH room. America wasn't included. I don't know if that's the only reason. That was what we gathered from feeds and they didn't show it in the episode. So there's like no indication of like, but they also, I, I feel like segments that don't have to do with the game. They don't necessarily, in, like they're not chronological. Like they literally on Sunday's episode included a segment of Felicia like breaking her mics, which happened like the second week of the season or something. So those kind of things, they don't necessarily show like, it might happen later. Will they? I don't really know. Maybe if they need some filler for, like, drama of, like, oh, this happened, that happened. I don't know. But there was a little tension in the in Corey relationship, which was sad for me. They didn't cuddle on Tuesday, and I was really sad. And the plan was a four to six vote. As of Tuesday, the plan was a four to six vote for Red to leave. Then on Wednesday, Corey and America were not talking at first. But they eventually made up. We didn't see them making up. I have no idea how the conversation happened because feeds were not on them. But they were fine. They were everything was good. They cuddled that night, and nature was healing. <laughs> there was a subplot of Jag and Mimi stealing 
or Jag and Matt stealing Mimi's steak, which was really frustrating to me personally because I watched the dinner segment where Mimi literally was like, this is my steak, nobody eat the steak. And then like the next day, they ate her steak. It's kind of rude. She literally said, nobody eat my steak. Very rude. Red was still the target. There, there was like a brief moment of Jared telling Cameron that the votes may be changing. I don't really know if that did anything. Maybe we'll see more of that in the next episode. Sometimes they flash back to like right before the live eviction and stuff like that because they can't really edit it that quickly, I think. I don't really know how the Big Brother editing works. I'm not a producer on the show, but I think that's probably like part of it. Anyways, I don't know if that made sense. But also on Wednesday, they had a conversation about fonts, which made me really happy as somebody who considers myself a bit of a font enthusiast. Corey said that he would be Times New Roman 12 point font double spaced. Love the reference. Um, he is a student after all. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like Corey does give Times New Roman vibes because it's classic, it's reliable. You know, it's just, it's good. There's nothing wrong with Times New Roman. It's a clean, simple, classic font. And I feel like Corey fits those vibes. America said she would either be Calibri or Georgia. And Calibri is a sans serif font. Now, if you know anything about graphic design, it's always good to pair a serif font with a sans serif font. And so I am partial to America being Calibri because then Calibri and Times New Roman would pair better together than Georgia and Times New Roman because Georgia is also a serif font, which honestly, it's a serif font that obviously is not the same as Times New Roman, but it's not like super distinct from Times New Roman either. Obviously there are differences, but I, I, I just think Calibri, I don't think it's like distinct enough for Georgia and Times New Roman to really look that good together. Um, and I think Calibri would just be a little bit better, but I don't really know. Um, those are my thoughts. I don't know what other fonts people said they would be. I, I didn't write them down, but I did enjoy the conversation. I love fonts. Do you wanna know what, what font I would be? I don't remember what it's called. Damn it. If I remember, I'll mention it. I posted a TikTok about this once. My first TikTok was about fonts. Somebody had said at some point that they'd be Comic Sans, which was funny. Oh, Courier, I think is the font I said it would be. It looks kind of like a typewriter. I don't know. I like the vibes. And I love a good serif font. Like, honestly, it's interesting because I feel like emotionally I resonate with the serif font, but I feel like graphic design wise, I really like sans serif. I don't know. I just, I love fonts. It really depends on the vibe. One of my hinge, sorry, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll get off this tangent in a second, but there's one thing you should know about me. It's that I really care about fonts. Izzy mentioned dafont.com and I was like, wow, throwback. I used to use that all the time in high school when I was designing the high school newspaper, like crazy, crazy. Anyways, one of my hinge like prompts, it, like the question is like, I go crazy for, and I put a really good font and people always ask me. That is one of my most like replied to hinge prompts. And people always ask me, what is your favorite font? And it's like, I don't have a favorite font. It depends on the context because it's like when I say I go crazy for a really good font I mean when I see like the packaging of something or like the design the graphic design um layout design like publication design like a book cover like things like that or even just like products like in a grocery store or a label or something like that 
or I don't know, something on a website when like an app has a good font combination layout type thing. It's like, that's what I mean. When I see it and I feel like the fonts and the layout and everything is conveying a message to me. So I don't have a favorite font. When I say I go crazy for a good font, I just mean when something is aesthetically pleasing and specifically the font combinations work really well together and like kind of get the message across or I feel like they have the same vibe and they match really well because while you should, in my opinion, pair, and I think this is a graphic design rule, pair a sans serif font with a serif font, not every serif font goes with every sans serif font like you can't just have a sans serif font with a serif font and then be like boom they match each other they have different vibes different messages like what the essence of the product or the the story that you're designing or whatever i i'd like to know what it's telling me so (laughs) that's my tangent on fonts um that nobody asked for but and i don't even know if that makes sense to anybody else like I, i feel like i have I know people really like fonts, but I don't know if people, and not saying that it's like, I'm quirky, I'm unique. I view fonts differently. I just, I genuinely never had a conversation with somebody who understands what I mean when I'm like, I love a good font combination. I love when, because it, to me, it's all about vibes. It's all about like <laughs> the messaging, the like story it's trying to tell me. Does that make any sense? please let me know genuinely like if somebody i always say if you have any feedback comments concerns about anything i'm talking about please message me i do check my instagram message dms i would check them on twitter too but i don't know if twitter has like dm requests the same way i truly have no idea and if they do i have no idea where they are but i do check my instagram requests because a lot of time there's spam and i just like having everything empty if it's spam but somebody did once message me about my podcast so like i do respond messages about my podcast and if you have something to say about fonts and you want to have a conversation (laughs) please message me i'm not even kidding because honestly that's one of those prompts that i put on hinge hoping that somebody would like understand what i mean and i feel like people haven't yet same with like i put you should like this or something if you also if you believe the bachelor's professional sport and people very rarely respond being like i am in the pit I've had two people respond being like, oh my God, do you watch Game of Roses? Other people are like, I've never thought about it, but that's interesting. Or like, no, it's not. Or like, oh, Bachelor in Paradise is like all stars. It's like, okay, we are not on the same level. (laughs) Or people being like, oh yeah, there are fantasy leagues. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, do you watch Game of Roses? That is what I'm trying to flag. And nobody ever says yes. Two people did, but then I, one of them just stopped replying to me. And the other one was recent and he hasn't replied, but... It was actually really funny because he didn't reply to that prompt. I think he just liked a photo of mine. And he sent me a message saying, this might be weird, but are you in the pit? And then I didn't reply for a couple days because I don't have notifications on for dating apps. And then I didn't like, I didn't check it right away. And when I, and he replied a few days later being like, basically there's this podcast. And I was like dying laughing when I finally saw them, saw the messages. And I was like, no, I am in the pit. I know exactly what you mean. I just didn't see the message. Like I love game of roses. I went to their book signing at the Grove and I met them and like big fan. He hasn't replied yet, but hopefully he will. I don't even remember how I went on this. Oh, the font thing. Anyways, as of Wednesday, red was still the target. I think something else happened Wednesday, but I don't remember what it was. My apologies for that. 
So on Thursday, I didn't watch feeds today, so I don't know exactly what happened. I mean, feeds were down for a little bit, but I did see a clip of Felicia asking Red about like, oh, are you taking that cupcake home? And Bowie's like, oh no, he'll eat it here because he'll still be here. And Felicia was like, right, right. And she left. So then obviously Red started being like, Felicia wants me out. He thought Felicia was going to target him. Like I, he was basically blaming Felicia, which is silly. Um, Mimi and Felicia were maybe going to be blindsided by the votes, I think, based off of what I saw. They were kind of on board for Red staying. And I think Suri and the other people who were voting for Red to leave were going to lie to Mimi and Felicia and basically be like, yeah, we'll vote for Red to stay. But then the votes weren't like, I think that was the plan. But by the time the live eviction rolled out, rolled around, um, that was no longer the case. So in terms of my notes for the Thursday episode, so <laughs> there was a segment on Thursday's episode about Corey in America, which I love any segment about them. America basically talks about uh, they're like cuddling more. They talk about them cuddling and how Corey left her in the middle of the night one day. America in her diary room talks about like what she's doing to like mold him from like clay into like the perfect boyfriend, which was cute. And Corey says, <laughs> Corey says that Big Brother is not what he expected it to be. He has this girlfriend, America, who is tanning him and like doing all of this. Um, which I do have to say, I, as somebody who watches The Bachelor and I really like, if it's not shown on camera, I never trust fully that it was said verbatim. I don't know if he genuinely said, I have a girlfriend, America. Like maybe he said girl, friend at some point and they put that together right in front of America. I don't know. We didn't see it coming out of his mouth. So I don't know if he really called America his girlfriend. Because people are like, oh my God, they called each other their boyfriend and girl. But America didn't say Corey's my boyfriend. She said, I'm molding him into what could be a perfect boyfriend. And I just, I don't see Corey calling America his girlfriend. I'm, I'm happy if he did though. And he says, which I thought was really sweet. He says, but I'm in, like, this isn't what I thought Big Brother was going to be like, but I'm enjoying it. It was so sweet. I literally love them. Like I love them. They just make me smile. I also, I don't know. I haven't really talked about this, but... At least I don't think I have. But there has been quite a few segments, I guess, in the last couple episodes about America wanting to target Suri, Izzy, that side of the house. It first happened on Sunday during the HOH episode. They showed they showed America and Corey on the hammock from like days ago, like last week. I think it was, yeah, last week. And... America was like, I don't trust, like, I think I talked about this last week when America was kind of like, I don't really trust them. Like, I don't really know if I am up, like I'm going to target them. But the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, anytime America has one of these like things where she's like, I'm going to nominate them. Like, I'm really angry. She like calms down and Corey's like, no, but who would you actually nominate? And she's like, I would do these people. Like, I'm not going to make the move yet. But they showed that and like, and, and I don't think that there's no truth to it. Like, I think there is truth to it, but it's a little bit comp. It's like not so cut and dry. I think America does want to make that move, but I don't think if she won HOH for this upcoming week, she would have necessarily made it with Cam still in the house, with Bowie still. Like, I, I think America does want to make that move, but not like right away. But they showed that on Sunday's episode. And then on 
Wednesday's episode when the whole America might be a replacement nominee conversation was happening and Suri and and Jared was like I heard you want to target Suri, Izzy and Felicia which I did mention um and then we obviously saw that Corey had thrown her under the bus earlier and she was like that doesn't make any sense then they cut to the diary room being like actually that does make sense and if I come into power they better watch out and so should you Jared so I, I don't know it's hard to read because I don't I don't know if America I don't think she would initially nominate two people from that alliance, especially after this week of trying to win them over. And I think she is kind of like, she's in a better spot. Like they don't really want to target her. So I just don't think she would target them right away. But that is obviously a narrative that they are portraying. And Jared did say at some point, I think before nominations changed, that every time he leaves his doctor's appointment, which was code for diary room, he feels even more sketched out about America because they ask him about America a lot. So that had me angry. I also haven't talked about Cameron's creepy behavior towards America. I feel like I might've touched on it last week, but he's been very creepy towards her. And, and I think this week she really didn't interact with him unless it was necessary. There was a clip where she was sitting next to him and she mouthed at the camera, help me. Like she, they are not doing well. And when, they showed, they actually, I don't think they showed this. No, they didn't show this in the episode. But on Saturday when America was kind of like gunning for herself and like standing up for her, I think it was it was Saturday or Sunday. But there was a conversation that Corey had with, I think it was Saturday because like America and Corey cuddled and like eventually she was like in better spirits and like in a better position in the house and everything and then slowly the rest and then for the rest of the week she in my opinion did a pretty good job of like talking game to people getting involved like forming relationships I think she did a better job this week at least the results seem to be better like she seems to be in a better place in general like with the people in the house but I lost my train of thought oh at some point there was a conversation that Jag had with Corey where Corey was like a lot of this America stuff is like really personal and it's blatantly sexist and it's just not justified which I loved because he was right he was spitting facts a lot of the disdain dislike towards America is based off of this idea that she flirts that she's using her looks or her sexuality to get further in the game yada 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 none of which are justified especially because They kept connecting her to Cameron just because Cameron had this weird, creepy interest in her, which she had said multiple times, I'm not working with Cameron. I've never worked with Cameron. And and she doesn't even seem to, she she seems uncomfortable around Cameron. So it's, it's been really, that's been a subplot, which I didn't touch on, but was really frustrating. And anyways, back to Thursday's episode. We saw a Legend 25 meeting before the, the vote, flipped into red which i don't recall seeing this on feeds but if it was then i just missed it but they had a meeting for legend 25 and it was kind of like they were like okay we're getting rid of jag at this point jag was still the intended target to reset in her diary room like i guess legend 25 is the real alliance for this week which was really funny to me and then mimi in the diary room is like i don't i think this legend 25 meeting is a little premature because we're a very indecisive group so like, let's hope the plan stays what it is, but who knows? And then they showed the waffling, the, the target flipping. We saw Red's birthday. 
We also saw when Red was talking, which I did talk about this earlier, Red talked to Jared about, I think I talked about this earlier, Red like went to Jared and was like, what did he say? Kind of inquiring about the entire thing. We saw a clip, which I think they were trying to show is like what actually happened. And it didn't seem like Cameron actually threw Red under the bus. I think he at some point said like, whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm good. But he never said, like, I, I think, either Jared lied or he misconstrued it or something like it didn't seem genuine but I don't really know like I don't know if and maybe I missed this I don't know if he lied to him purposely or if he just like misunderstood like I don't really know because I don't put it past Jared to be that stupid but anyways eventually Red's the target again (laughs) which I already covered in terms of the live show, America looked stunning, like she always does. I love her looks for the live show. I really liked this one, the headband, the skirt and the heels. I, th- I think she wore a skirt. She had like a blue top and then like either a skirt or like shorts, but I think it was a skirt. And then she had heels and the headband and her hair looked great. She's just so pretty, I love her. I literally like, I, maybe it's because I've been watching feeds more than I ever have. But I have like such a, like like I have a, a, a deep parasocial relationship with America Lopez. She has no idea who I am. She will probably never know who I am. But I feel like that is my bestie. I will defend her. I mean, obviously, like I know we're not friends, but I just I I would love to be friends with her. Every single time she talks about her troll's birthday, I love her more and more, and I want her to be hoh so badly. More than anything, I really. Like, more often than not, I feel like when I form a parasocial relationship with people, I'm like, I don't really know if we would actually enjoy being friends or, like, if we could actually be compatible. Like, I feel like I have parasocial relationships with people, but then I, like, think about it and I'm like, I actually don't know if we'd be friends, but I like them on social media. I genuinely, maybe it's because she's a Big Brother fan and I love Big Brother. Like, I feel, and also she watches The Bachelor, like, she's talked about The Bachelor, Um, I just feel like based off of like her interests, her life experiences, she's Mexican-American, I am Latina, and like I just feel like we'd have a lot in common. I feel like we would, I would enjoy her company. And I feel like she would like me. She's a Sagittarius, I'm a Gemini. I I just love her. I genuinely feel like we would be friends. (laughs) Um, But that's just me being delusional. I literally love America so much. I want her to last as long as she can because I'll be so sad to not have her on feeds, for real, for real, for real, for real. It was an 8-2 uh, um, vote, which was nice that it was not a unanimous vote, but slightly disappointing that it wasn't 6-4. Red was evicted. Cam immediately upset. Bowie seemed upset too. Red, in his exit interview, didn't seem, he still said that he was most betrayed by Cam. Stupid. He didn't care at all that Tari and Jared are related. Also stupid. I mean, he doesn't seem to be a Survivor super fan. I think when Corey finds out, it'll be like mind blowing. But I really need Corey. I really need Corey to figure it out. I think it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday on the feed. This is this is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing that I wanted to talk about that I didn't write in my notes that happened on Wednesday. Okay, basically they were like Jared was trying to give Corey advice for like flirting or something, and he was saying like. I'm good. Like, where were you at 21? Like, I'm on Big Brother. Like, I'm on TV. And Jared said, I was on TV at 18. 
And they're immediately like, what? What show? Now, he was on Survivor at 18. He went for like an episode when Sari was on the show. I didn't watch it. I haven't seen Survivor. But he said that and then immediately he like downplayed it. He was like, I was on Big Brother, like trying to make a joke out of it. Um, Izzy walked in and she was like, what are you talking about? But I really, I, I was stalking, or not stalking, but I went through Zach Wurdenberger's, yeah, I, I, his, I, Corey's brother's Twitter because I find Zach really funny. And I, I wanted to see what he was saying from the beginning of the season. And he, it wasn't that I didn't like scroll like a ton. He like tweets of the reasonable amount, which is great. <laughs> and he did say either before the season started, maybe, or like when this, I don't know. But he said, he tweeted, Corey has watched the episode with Jared. He, he said it better than that. He was like, Corey has seen that episode uh, more than once. So I need him to start putting the pieces together. Like, the thing is, Blue put it together, but Jared gave her more hints because he's like, whatever. But I, I, I just, I need, him to, I need him to put it together. Like, I need another slip up. I need something. I want him to connect the Fiji anecdote. He said that his best birthday was Fiji. I need him to start connecting the dots. I need there to be some kind of slip up. I need him to, con- like, I, I, I need it to happen. Because as much as I want somebody to reveal the secret... It would be 10 times more satisfying if he figured, if somebody figured it out. Because is he figuring it out and like immediately knowing? Was I caught, like it's so funny. And I have to say as frustrating, like I wish that it was somebody else. I understand where Izzy's coming from because she's like a big fan and like it worked out for her because now her and Sari are like buds, you know? If she had like turned on Sari immediately, she would have never gotten to like play big brother with her idol. And she literally said at some point this week that she like couldn't, she doesn't want to get rid of Suri and Jared because she would be lonely. Like it would be sad for her. Like she, they're friends. Suri even said at some point, you're fields. It was this, I think that was this week. I don't know. So much happens on live feeds that I lose track of what happened which week, but I think it was this week. Maybe it was last week. I think it was this week because I think this is the week that Corey told them in general, that his brother told everybody that his brother was on Survivor. And Suri and Izzy were talking and they were like, what if everybody's related to somebody? And then Izzy's like, I'm not related to anybody. And Suri was like, you're, you, you're related to us, you're Fields, which was so funny because everybody's been joking about that on Twitter. But like, you know what I mean? At this point, I don't think Izzy is gonna win, but I also think that, I don't know, Obviously, you're playing to win, but I think getting to play Big Brother and becoming friends with like somebody you really admire uh, to the point where they consider you family, that is a win within itself. Like I would literally like come away so happy if I played Big Brother with like somebody I idolized and then we became like friends. Like, I don't know. Obviously, like it's it's kind of boring to watch people who don't want to win. And I don't think Izzy doesn't want to win, but I think on a human level, like it'll this is going to be a really great memory and hopefully like a a lifelong friendship that she's building with somebody she really admired and cares about. Like you know, obviously my, like the game really matters, but I think something beautiful about any kind of reality TV thing is that hopefully if you don't win, because only one person can win, 
you get experience out of it. You get maybe a platform. Like there's there's other benefits. I mean, obviously when it's a competition, you want people's head in the game and wanting to win. But I think at the end of the day, I've never really judged anybody for being like, I'm really proud that I made it to jury or like making it to jury would be a big accomplishment because at the end of the day, somebody has to win, but all the people who didn't win still played an important role in the season. I mean, not every single person, some of them are irrelevant, but even if you don't win, especially if you make it to jury, you have an important role in the season. Like you're still, you were part of something, you have to play a game that you've been watching for a long time. And if you're easy, you got to connect with somebody that you like really idolize. So I just like, People are like, Izzy's playing Ceri's game. It's like, you know what? Izzy is still winning. Izzy's still getting something out of this. She gets to be friends with Ceri. She gets to be a Fields. That's a win in my book. <laughs> um, as a viewer, it is a little bit annoying. But you know what? It's, it's, a, it's a win in my book. So, you know, Izzy, if you ever listen to this and you get shit for people, from people who are like, you weren't playing your own game and maybe something will happen. You know, the, there's still lots of game to play. But I feel like that's a big criticism people have of Izzy. And it's just like, okay, maybe she won't win the $750,000, but like only one person gets to win. And would she really have like won by throwing Suri under the bus immediately? Or will she win by throwing Suri under the bus at all? I don't really know. Like you have to weigh the pros and cons. (laughs) I'm not making any sense. Or maybe I am. I don't really, I don't really know. I've been recording for over an hour and I like, lost my train of thought i don't even know what i was talking about so the live show um red is evicted he doesn't care at all oh that that's how i got on this he didn't care at all about izzy uh he didn't care at all about jared and Suri's relationship which you know what to each their own but kind of lame if i do say so myself the live hoh which i was very happy about there being a live hoh i smiled and then i cried because it came down to Izzy and Izzy, Cam and Corey. And I was like, we have two to one. Come on, come on, it'll win. And then the next, like a bunch of people were eliminated at once. Like the at first there were a lot of like, everybody got it right. And then like three people were out, maybe like two or three people. And then everybody but Corey, Izzy and Cam were left. And then the next question Izzy and Corey both put true and the answer was false and Cam won and it was literally as like upsetting as it was because I wasn't watching the episode live because I don't have like a cable I watched it as like a, I like recorded on my parents DVR and then I watch it after but I can't watch it live on my parents DVR like while it's recording because I'm not either you can only do that in home wi-fi anyways it's a whole thing I watched the episode once it's done recording but because it was a live hoh competition i was refreshing on twitter to find out who won because i couldn't like wait until i watched the like i needed to know who won in real time and i saw that cam won and like it like i was so sad and then when i watched the episode i was even more sad but as sad as i feel aside it is very funny (laughs) that immediately cam won nobody celebrated everybody was upset Bowie was happy. Bowie was the only one that was happy. They were all kind of like, womp womp. Julie also announced that this is like humility week. So there are going to be a lot of humiliating competitions and punishments. And 
Because it's Humila Week, everybody except Cameron is a have-not, so they're all on slop. They all have to take cold showers, and they will take turns sleeping in the have-not room, which hopefully will cause some chaos in the house. People are going to be hungry. People are going to be cranky. And for that, as a viewer, I'm grateful. But as a human, I'm upset that everybody is going to be tortured except for Cameron because I think he deserves it the most in the house. I don't, I don't like, I'm, I'm upset about that, but it'll be interesting. And you know what? 1106 on this upcoming Wednesday is going to go really hard. They're going to have like a beautiful feast. I have to say it is sad because the big brother, like family style dinners that they have are like some of the best parts. I love, I love when they like all cook for each other and they sit down and they eat together. I love that. Will they have big slop dinners? Probably not. <laughs> but 11.06 on Wednesday and the big, you know, feast will go hard. And then Julie also said that next week, next Thursday, there's going to be an announcement that will change things and specifically impact the jury. I'm really scared about what that's going to be. I, I kind of hope that jury will be eight people instead of nine and then america gets to vote maybe that'll be, that would be interesting if there's a seven person jury that would also be interesting i saw some people saying that the thing is if there's a seven person jury that makes that means america and Corey have a little bit like i don't know i just i really want them to make it to jury and if there's less people then they have like a lower chance of getting to jury because they need to last a couple more weeks. I feel like they could still make it, but it would worry me a little bit um, as an America and Corey fan. But that could be interesting. You know, then hopefully Cam wouldn't be on the jury because when Cam won HOH, one of my, like part of the reason I was so upset was because he's been very creepy towards America and specifically made multiple comments about like jury house and there not being cameras in jury house and him not being able to resist himself and like very predatory, not okay comments towards America. Like he's a weirdo. He's a creep. Literally almost everything. No, everything he says towards America is weird and creepy and gross. Like literally everything. He literally... I, I don't know. I can't remember if it was the first night they cuddled, but I don't think it wasn't the first night they cuddled, but Corey and America decided to sleep in the, in the scary room because Felicia was really mad that they weren't turning the lights off in the scramble room. So she, so they were like, we're sleeping in the sleepy room and they'll turn, turn the lights off. So they slept in this, in the scary room, which is where Cameron was sleeping. And the next day he made a comment to America about like, it's hard to sleep when they're shooting a porn in, in the corner, which was so weird and gross because they, they weren't doing anything. And he literally said to Corey, I didn't hear anything. Like, like he makes sexual comments specifically to America. He, when they were all like on Wednesday, yesterday, they were all giving Corey like flirting advice. Cameron like said something about like, if she says, or like, I like it when you blow or something, you say, he's like, she's a ball buster. So you have to say it's not your best work or something like that, which was just gross and like demeaning. Like I, he's, he's just, I literally cannot stand him. I can't stand him. He said at some point last week when she said she was cold, like that she didn't really hang out in the living room because she was cold. He was like, you can put on more clothes. Mind you, he's wearing like the same amount of clothes she is. He's, he's just been very gross towards her. 
And so when I found out that he was HOH, I was like, that means that he's going to jury because he's safe this week. And this week is the last pre-jury week. So hopefully, so even though it might be a little bit risky for Corey in America in terms of them making it to jury, I mean, I think, I think they're in a good spot. Like, I feel like Jag is more on the outs. Even Matt, I feel like is starting to be more on the outs than Corey in America. I think they realize that America just doesn't have anybody. And Izzy and Corey are getting really close. Like, I think Corey and America are in better spots than other people. I think they'd make it to jury anyway. And I do think that Cameron not being in jury overweighs, like, outweighs any fear that I would have of Corey and America not making it to jury. So a smaller jury would be good for that reason. But... I don't know. I've also seen some people be like, they, they're they going to sequester them individually. There's not going to be like a jury house, which I would be really disappointed in because I think the jury house segments are really interesting. And I also think that it is a little bit torturous to be isolated independently. Like that's just unnecessary. Like they're not in the game anymore. Like what what's the point of that? I don't know. There's been a lot of speculation about what that's going to be like, but I find it little stressful. Um, I am really upset <laughs> that Cam is the HOH. He was literally the last person I wanted to win when I wanted him gone for many reasons. One, he is just cringy and gross to watch in the like edited show. And he's really, he, he's just like horrible, horrible to watch in every way you can slice it. He, is gross towards America in very sexist and like demeaning ways in ways that are clearly making her uncomfortable. And I just don't think he should be in the house anymore. Also, nobody likes him and they want him gone. I just can't stand him. I literally can't stand him. Like at the beginning of Thursday's episode, he literally, <laughs> he literally was like, I'm on the block for the third time or I was on the block for the third time and he called himself daddy. It was gross. Like, I can't stand him. He is disgusting to me. I, I can't stand him. I'm like not excited for his HOH. I do hope, I don't know. Okay, because I was like, maybe he, he has to realize that he was blindsided. So he has to realize that like Legend 25 is not protecting him because they didn't protect Red. So maybe he'll like target those people and avenge Red or something. But based off of what I've seen of feeds, he said that he has to get Jag out. So I really think it might be an uneventful week. Now, if Jag goes home, that's a win for me because Corey and America are safe. But I feel like Corey and America, I don't know. I, I trust that they're in good spots with like most people. But Cameron to me is kind of a wild card. And I was hoping because he was on the outs with everybody and maybe other people would. I feel like my stomach's been grumbling and I'm sorry if that shows up in the podcast. I'm like hungry, but I want to finish recording this. Um, and then I'll finish the rest of my Taco Bell that I got to listen to with Guts for the first time because you have to have Taco Bell while you listen to a new album. But <laughs> anyways, he said last week too, he was trying to get, or this past week, he was trying to get Jared to backdoor Izzy. Like, I don't know. I feel like maybe he will still backdoor Izzy. I don't want Izzy gone, but... I don't know. I'm rooting for like a specific core group of people and the rest of the people, if they leave, I'll be sad, but I will move on. I mean, I'll move on regardless, <laughs> but 
when Corey and America leave, like I'm literally, it's going to be like my funeral. Like I'm going to wear all black. I'm going to cry. I'm going to mourn. It'll be sad for me. So I don't want Izzy gone. I would really ideally want Jared gone. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I'm scared. I thought maybe it would. I thought maybe it would. He seemed angry at the, Cam seemed angry at the live eviction. I was like, maybe he'll avenge Red by nominating the people he thinks is responsible. But no, he jumped straight to, we got to get Jag out. Now, I don't know who he said that to. So maybe he's covering his ass, but he does want to backdoor Izzy. I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, I don't want him to backdoor Izzy, but I do want Jared to go home. I would love for Jared to be a pre-jury flop, especially because it would be so sweet for Jared to be evicted pre-jury and immediately see how much people don't like him. Like he'll find out eventually, but it would be nice if it happened sooner rather than later so he could be humbled. But I don't really know. We'll see how this week turns out. There's still a lot of game to be, to be played and you never know what's gonna happen because Red is gone. Cameron is the HOH again. Jag might be gone this week. Corey in America might be gone this week. Like I, I, I don't know. I really don't know what's in Cameron's head. I, I avoid feeds when he's there because he makes me uncomfortable. So I genuinely have no idea what he's going to do. But I'm a little bit concerned. So those are my thoughts on Big Brother 25, week five. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry if this was all over the place. I took a lot of notes and I feel like I had a lot of thoughts and things to say. So yeah, I talked for a while. So this episode's going to be a good length which I'm proud of myself for. It will be out later. I normally release noon Pacific standard time on Fridays, but this is going to be out sometime later in the afternoon on Friday because it's like 2.30 in the morning. And the, the I've, I've been recording for like an hour and a half. So the editing is going to take me at least like a couple hours. And I don't really want to go to bed. I like almost five in the morning. So I'm going to start editing this and finish it tomorrow, and it'll be out sometime later in the afternoon, but Friday nonetheless, because we persevere here at the Emmy Awards. Um, If you liked this episode, please follow me wherever you listen to podcasts, share this with a friend, rate and review everything that you would do for a podcast that you enjoy. And again, as I said earlier in the episode, any feedback, critiques, comments, concerns are always welcome. I do check my Instagram DM requests. And thank you so thank you so much for listening. Genuinely, this podcast means so much to me. And I was really nervous going into this episode because I was like, I'm, I'm not going to have enough to say about this week. Like, I didn't take good enough notes. I don't know exactly what happened on every day. Like, it's going to suck. And honestly, I got into a good groove. And I feel like I had commentary on enough things, uh, on most things. And I, I, I'm generally, like, coming away the episode feeling like I did a good job. <laughs> Or a better job than I did last week. Like, I feel like I'm getting better at covering Big Brother. I feel like the first few weeks, I was kind of like watching feeds, but it was hard to track. And then episodes show you stuff from days ago that you might have missed um, or that you did miss on the feed. So it's just like hard to track the narrative. But I did try to take notes at the end of every day or at least every other day so I could follow the narrative events of the week I probably missed stuff because a lot happens but hopefully I covered most of the important stuff um I shared my opinion as I always do and I enjoyed this it was a fun thing to talk about I'm excited to edit it and get it out tomorrow but for now thank you so much for listening 
means a lot to me and you will hear from me next week.